For the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells, and this is Union Strong. There's no question that union members working in the construction industry make more money and have better benefits than non-union members. There's also been a lot of criticism over the years over who benefits from those better jobs, specifically the diversity of the construction industry in New York City. Is it an industry that's all-inclusive? The Building and Construction Trades Council of Greater New York has worked hard to achieve diversity and, in fact, has been highly successful. Although our opponents don't want to talk about it, we do. When I go on job sites, it's not it's not all just Caucasians, African-Americans or just, um, you know, Latinos or anything like that. There's, there's a lot of different kinds of people that, that you meet on these jobs and they're not it's not all one type of person. Find anybody on the job from any background, from any part of the world, people from Asia, people from Brazil, people from Poland, from everywhere in the world on a union job site. And we aren't just talking about the diversity among the men in the industry. Women are rapidly joining the ranks as well. I just came off the, the new Tappan Zee Bridge, and we had five women surveyors working there on the bridge. And there were dock builders, women dock builders, and laborers, and it's, it's impressive. On this podcast, we will take a look into the program called NEW, which stands for Non-Traditional Employment for Women. And we'll hear from the president of NEW and a graduate of the program. But first, a conversation with Gary LaBarbera on what he's been doing to change the look of the construction industry. Joining me now on the line from New York City is Gary LaBarbera, president of the Building and Construction Trades Council of Greater New York. Gary, welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Darcy. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. So you represent 100,000 working men and women in the construction industry in the city. Can you give our listeners an idea of the different trades that you represent? Yes, of course. Uh, the New York City uh, Building Trades Council represents 15 uh, national and international unions, uh, and re- as you mentioned, representing actually now over 100,000 unionized construction workers in, in New York City. And these trades include, obviously, the operating engineers, the IBEW, uh, the Teamsters, uh, the UA, United Associations, which is steam fitters and plumbers, elevated constructors, uh, sheet metal workers. I mean, essentially all of the trades that are involved in construction uh, we, we are a part of this uh, council. All of the local affiliates in New York City are affiliated with this council. Okay, and there's been a long history of heated debate over the diversity of workers within the construction industry in New York City, but um, there's quite a different picture at job sites today, and I think in large part because of your commitment, you're very passionate about this, to turning that around and creating opportunities for minorities and women. Can you talk about that effort? Yes. Well, uh, thank you for bringing that up. This is uh, very important, not only to me personally, but to the leadership, the executive board uh, of the New York City Building Trades. And all of those 15 unions I've mentioned, international unions, are represented on our executive board. Uh, And it has become a priority for all of us to increase diversity. Uh, You know, I will be candid with you. Um, There has been, you know, over the years, a lot of criticism of the of the building trades. You know, going back as long as I can remember, 30 years, Uh, and you know, some of it, uh, you know, 30 years ago, the building trades was 
different than it is today. I, I'll say that. And, you know, we have to acknowledge realities. Mm-hmm. However, you know, certainly over the last 10 years, there has been really a focus on increasing diversity uh, and, and in terms of creating a new paradigm within the buildings. And I have to say that the local unions have done a phenomenal jobs in terms of their recruitment through uh, our pre-apprentice and direct entry programs, which I know we're going to speak a little bit about in a moment. You know, I just want to share a quick uh, anecdotal story. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was out at a, a graduation for local 638 of the Steamfitters, mm-hmm. uh, and there were about uh, 80 graduates at that particular um, graduation ceremony. And I have to tell you, uh, 80% of those graduates were my, minorities. Wow. And uh, that this is just evidence of how the building trade is evolving. Uh, you know, we conducted a study because there had been so much you know controversy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had actually commissioned a study, I should say, uh, in 2017, uh, and it was an independent study by the um, EPI, Economic Policy Institute, out of Washington D.C. Uh, and it's a bipartisan think tank uh, created by uh, former Secretary of Labor Robert Reich. And uh, we had commissioned them and asked them to do a study. And I will tell you, we did not have any input in the study at all. So it wasn't a biased study. It was mm-hmm. purely based on uh, analytical data. And in 2017, it showed that uh, the current demographics in terms of minority within the building trades is that 55.1% of every active member currently is a minority. So the building trades today mm-hmm. are actually majority minority. Uh, and and, um, you know, we were very, very pleased to see that. And, and actually, um, in, in terms of African-Americans, we represent almost 24 percent of our membership are African-Americans, as opposed to uh, less than 17 um, percent in the non-union sector. So we get a lot of criticism, criticism, excuse me, from the non-union sector mm-hmm. that we're not diverse. But in reality, uh, we are more diverse. Right. The numbers uh, again, show that. Another real positive um uh, component of the study was it identified in terms of apprenticeship programs so new uh, new members coming into the industry that 67% of apprentices uh, are minority as well. So as time goes on you know, through the natural attrition and retirement of active members, the building trade is only going to become more diverse. Uh, and this also includes women as well. I mean, we're, we're really promoting not only uh, ethnic diversity, but also gender diversity. And we're really going in the right direction there as well. And I want to talk to you about that. So you made a commitment several years ago to place women in apprenticeship openings. Can you talk to me about that commitment and why and about your partnership in particular with the non-traditional employment for women program? Yes, thank, and thank you very much for asking uh, that question. Um, so the Non-Traditional Employment for Women is uh, is an, an outstanding organization that we, the building trades, we do partner with, uh, and we have a very strong partnership. Um, and we uh, had set a goal uh, many years ago that 10% of our um, slots that through recruitment would go to uh, to new. And new is a pre-apprentice direct entry program. So what that means is uh, women who are interested in working in the construction trades would uh, join new. New would put them through a pre-apprentice training program. We have there's a number of other pre-apprentice programs uh, that are obviously are affiliated with the building trades as well. But new in particular, uh, they women will come in and they're put through a rigorous training and testing period. I mean, it's you know it's very hard work construction industry it's uh requires you know a, a good deal of um, of uh physical strength mm-hmm. uh and um so they're put through you know 
many, many tasks. And uh, they are, this is part of a pre-apprentice training. And then once they complete that pre-apprentice training, uh, and, they, you know, they go through basic basic math skills, etc., uh, then they uh, are put direct entry into uh, one of our apprentice programs. So we had had set a goal uh, several years ago, about 10 years ago, of 10%. And last year, we just increased our goal uh, to 15%. We wanted wow. to raise our own bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, we've seen over the years, I would tell you that probably uh, 10 years ago, we were probably about 3% women. Uh, and now I would say that we're, you know, we're past 8%. We're working towards 9%. So we do believe that, you know, over the next year or so, uh, hopefully we will exceed our original goal of 10% and work towards our new goal of 15%. Uh, and, and again, I have to give credit to all of the affiliates of the New York City Building Trades uh, because they are fully committed to uh, adding women into the construction industry. And um, what types of jobs, what kind of trades are these women getting into from this program? Are they right across the board? Right across the board. Right across the board. Uh, every trade uh, um, accepts women into their pre-apprentice program, and women are interested uh, in every trade. And, you know, let me just tell you that you know this program, not just point for women, really transforms lives. And and when you hear the stories and talk to the women in trades, uh, you really realize how uh, being in the building trades and being a part of a union and having a career not just a job, but a career. It is so important to them and their families. And it really has, as I said, transformed to so many lives. Uh, and so, you know, we continue to partner with uh, non-traditional employment for women. We promote non-traditional employment for women, and we're going to continue to do that because, we, again, we are fully committed to increasing uh, diversity. Again, not only ethnic diversity, but gender diversity as well. Okay, that's great. And um, any final thoughts on those uh, questioning the diversity at your work sites? Yeah, well, I appreciate you asking that. Look, I I, I will tell you that, um, you know, there are, uh, you know, the union building trades, you know, there are opponents of uh, unionized construction. Uh, And, you know, this is, uh, this criticism is really um, inappropriate and uh, should not continue by our opponents. Uh, They use this uh, diversity, this old argument of diversity. Mm-hmm. And again, it's old. It's, you know, decades old. And they fail to recognize the realities of today's uh, work sites. And so I will tell you that, you know, the building trades um, is diverse. Uh, we open up opportunity to uh, all communities. Uh, and we're going to continue to open up opportunity uh, to all communities and all people, uh, regardless of race, religion, or gender. And we're going to continue to move forward to increase diversity. And the building trades, you know, today reflects the demographics of New York City and will continue uh, to uh, reflect uh, the changing demographics of the city. So, you know, we're very proud of what we what we have accomplished, but we know that we have work to do, and we're going to continue to do that work, and we're fully committed to doing that. Well, Gary, we'll include a link to your website on our show notes so that listeners can learn Terrific. more about the council and the different apprenticeship programs uh, available. But also, we'll, we'll include a link to the EPI study that you mentioned, too. I think folks would be interested to see what that has to yes, offer. Yes, that so. would be great, and we really do appreciate that. Well, thank you very much, Gary, for your time time today. We appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for having me. Gary is very committed to new and spoke very highly of the program and its success on helping women break into the construction industry. 
Joining me on the line from New York City is Kathleen Kilhane, who's the president of Non-Traditional Employment for Women. Kathleen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I know NEW has been around for a number of years, but for those unfamiliar with the program, can you give us a little bit of an overview of what that program is about? Yes, I would love to. So NEW is celebrating its 41st year this year. So Non-Traditional Employment for Women prepares, trains, and places women in careers in the construction trades, also in the energy industry, maintenance trades, all to help women achieve economic independence and a secure future, both for themselves and for their families. We partner directly with the building and construction trades of New York City, and those apprenticeship program opportunities provide the women that we serve and their families a real pipeline into self-sustaining futures for themselves and future generations. And how did the program come about in the first place? Why, who saw the need for this in the first place? How was it created? New has a rich history, and part of that history is women from those early stages, beginning in 1978 when we were founded, saying, we want to do this work. How do we have access to do these work? How do we have access to helping to build our great city, New York City? Um, Some of our history includes women um, trying to get on job sites, tools in hand, um, not being able to get on those job sites. And that was some of our early days. And that's what helped us um, really move and continue to grow. Um, And what we've seen in the last of dozen years and more is a real shift in where we continue to work really closely with the building trades in those last dozen years, 15 years, 20 years, um, as there's a real recognition from the construction industry, from the leaders of the real development world in New York and beyond, and from city government as well, that um, women can do this work, women want to do this work, women want to help build New York City, and that it's really important that people that are building our buildings reflect the great diversity of our city. What about that partnership with the New York City Building and Construction Trades Council? Why is that so key to the success of this program? News partnership with the Building and Construction Trades Council of Greater New York is a real key to our success. A dozen years ago, we worked with the BCTC, and there has been a set-aside so that each new apprenticeship program, carpenters, electricians, laborers, sheet metal workers, sets aside slots for new graduates that are ready to make the change, start these careers. We worked closely with them in the past year to increase these slots by 50%. So we're continuing to meet the demands of this industry. Anyone who lives in New York City sees that there's a lot of construction work to be done, and we're continuing to grow on that partnership to understand um, what new as a pre-apprenticeship program um, does best in order to prepare women for their apprenticeship program and construction careers, and to continue to meet and increase the demand for women in this industry. So are there typical students who enroll in this program? 
You know, it's interesting. We often get the question about what's the typical new student, and really there is no typical new student. It's one of the many beauties of our program is we have about 16 cohorts throughout the year, day programs, evening and weekend programs, cohorts of about 25 women that go through our two-month training program, and each class is diverse in any way you can think of, and it's one of the beauties of What we get to see here at NEW is that two months later, the way that um, these women have bonded throughout the program, they're ready for their career in the trades, but they've also really um, made some lifelong connections with each other in terms of trades math is a big part of our program. And so someone that's excellent in trades math is tutoring someone else who's struggling, you know, Mm -hmm. in that first week haven't done math in a while, mm-hmm. um, lifting and carrying as part of our everyday um, everyday training here at NEW. And so you start um, in the beginning with a 45-pound compound mud bucket. You're learning how to lift it. You're carrying it up and down the stairs, down the block. Um, and so, so some women are better at that than others in the beginning. And by the end, you're at a 63-pound compound bucket. Um, So the way that women are encouraging each other and relying on each other's strengths um, and bonding throughout this program, it's kind of a boot camp type of program. And so it's not easy. Um, It's an amazing benefit that we get to see here at NEW. So you're really, there's the classroom part of it, and then there's that actual physical involvement that they can actually get that real work experience. Yes, they're ready to start as a first-year apprentice, unloading trucks, um, you know, doing coffee runs, um, heavy lifting, you know, doing the heavy lifting, starting to learn their skills in an apprenticeship program where they're in classes um, with their, you know, with the Carpenters Union, the Electricians Union, the list goes on. They're ready for all of that. Do you think that women bring a unique perspective to the construction industry? Women bring a unique perspective to everything that we do, and so I think it's true for the construction industry uh, as it is for other industries as well. Um, mm-hmm. At New, we focus on you know women in the skilled trades, um, and a lot of our supporters are in the real estate industry, in development, their owners, their construction managers. Um, and so we work with all of them and new, you know, talks a lot about what women bring and the amazing opportunities there are for women in all aspects of the construction industry. And it's vast. I would imagine there's got to be some good life-changing stories from your program. Is there any that in particular that stand out to you? There are so many stories um, of women changing their lives and therefore transforming the lives of their family and future generations, Um, and we get to see it every day. And so it's part of what um, keeps us all so excited for the work we do at New, Mm -hmm. because unfortunately it's unique, but it is unique the way that um, women really can transform their lives um, with these amazing um, careers that are so, you know, self-fulfilling. One of the things, we have so many stories, one of the things that we do each year is have an annual fundraiser in June, and we honor one of our tradeswomen um, who has gone through her apprenticeship and is giving back. Um, The woman um, that we honor this year, Melissa Brotherson, she's a plumber. 
Um, she was born in Trinidad. Her mother was a construction worker in Trinidad. She didn't, um, in her words, um, honor that the way she does now when she was a young girl, um, but then cut to, you know, in New York City, finding her way. Um, not only did she find new and become a plumber, she now, you know, has a welding certificate. She's an instructor with the plumbers training program, and she's just one of the many success wow. stories that we see here at new. Fantastic. That is great. And so if someone is interested in the program, is there a cost associated? How do they get into the program? Um, yeah, it's a good question. It is um, no cost to the participants. We are continually um, enrolling women in all of our classes. Classes start about every four weeks. Um, we are we have programs for women that are younger than 18, um, and then our core program is 18 or over want to do this type of work, um, think that they can start with that 45-pound compound bucket, but we help you through it. Um, and we have information sessions about our program every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Well, we'll be sure and include that information on our show notes. Um, and how exciting for you, Kathleen, to be able to provide these opportunities for these women. It really sounds like such a great uh, job to be able to do that. It's so uh, satisfying, I'm sure, for you and the people who work there. So thank you very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. And we wish you the best of luck with the continued success of the program. Thank you. Thank you. We feel um, lucky to have the opportunity. Thank you. Indy is a recent graduate of the program, and she is on the line with us from New York City. Indy, hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Joshua? Good. I'm well. Thank you. Um, so how long ago did you graduate from the program? I graduated the program in June of 2017. Okay. So what is it that you're doing now as a career? I am an electrician. I just completed my second year as an apprentice with Local 3 of the IBEW. That's fantastic. Congratulations to you. So can you tell me a little bit about how you got into the program and why? I mean, what attracted you to uh, becoming an electrician? Sure. Um, this was a complete change for me from what I used to do. Uh, my previous uh, work experience has all been in program and office management, supervision, directing. And I was just kind of at a point in my life when I wanted to more do different and do better for myself mm -hmm. and do work that wasn't just impactful, but also still allowed me to have a life that wasn't like all consuming as a lot of that other work that I did was. Um, mm -hmm. As much as I enjoyed it, I didn't get to really enjoy myself, <laughs> yeah. um, for a, a lack of a better way to put it, I guess. Um, but I ended up finding out about new at the Department of Labor. Uh, I went into the Bronx Workforce Center to just start looking at different opportunities. And on my second time there, I ended up having a sit down with a female counselor who asked me if I was still looking to do the same kind of work, um, you know, administrative and supervisory and things like that and management. And if I was stuck on the salary I was making because I was making very good money, but I want to change. Mm -hmm. Like that mattered more to me. And I told her that I've always joked with friends and family that at some point in a former life, I must have been a carpenter or something because I love working with my hands and I love physical work. 
and I love working around people. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, well, I don't remember what this stands for, but look up new. <laughs> They're an organization that helps women do that. And I was like, okay. And I remember leaving there and I was on the bus heading home and I Googled new and I found it. And this was a Wednesday. And right there on the website, on the bus heading home, I signed up for that evening's orientation. Wow. Okay. Didn't waste any time. And because it was like the same day, let me call just in case, in case the information doesn't go through Mm -hmm. the site. And I called and confirmed. And by that evening, I was here doing the informational and starting my, uh, my application process, basically. And within two weeks after that, I started the program. So everything's just kind of flowed really well since then. And then how did the program prepare you for your current job? The program here, I mean, it's more than just preparing like for the hard skills of things, like the actual technical skills of things. Here they make sure that they prepare you with the hard and the soft skills, like they call them, right? So it's not just a matter of being physically prepared and mentally prepared to do the work, but also being prepared in other ways to just even handle being in the industry, right? It's it's a change in environment. It's a change in scheduling for most, right? So it's a matter of getting ready for all of it from start to finish. Um, so for me, it definitely was that, like the whole getting up earlier and everything like that, having to teach myself to go to bed at a decent hour because I'm very much a night owl. Um, so it was everything. You know, you get to practice the skills of specific trades here and then learn about trades from so many different women that they bring in to expose us to what it's really like in a day-to-day being a woman in a specific trade. Um, And it helps you pick your direction because there really is so many different ones to choose from. And here is where you can figure out which one actually best suits you. Do you remember that first day on the job? I mean, did you feel intimidated at all, um, you know, as being a woman or did you feel prepared and and comfortable? And what was that transition like? Um, I definitely felt prepared and ready. I didn't feel uncomfortable at all being a woman on the job. I think for me, it was more like the typical first day jitters, a Mm -hmm. first job period, not because I was a woman at all. That's not at all. That's great. And um, has it changed your life? Completely. I have one now. (laughs) Um, I do. I do. And that's one of the things like joining the trades now, it allows me to do everything that is very much in me that I want to do with myself. So I'm getting to learn new things every day and work every day using those things that I'm learning. And I'm getting to use that to help other people, right? Because I mean, we power up the city and help things work. But then at the same time, we help each other move up in the trades. And that's one of the things like the camaraderie of it all is mm-hmm. very big for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was kind of like on route to becoming a suit in what I was doing before. And that is so not who I am. So now that I get to be around people every day and not just electricians, like there's just certain building that you do with people that helps you get up in the morning every day and push together towards common goals. Um, so it's, it's, it's major. Like I, and again, I get to actually enjoy my life now. I get to get up and, and, and go to work, do my job, do overtime if it's there, help others when I'm not at work and still have time to actually live and enjoy my life. And I've also already like just finishing my second year have already been able to walk past or stand in front of a building and say, I helped do that. That's cool. And and it's very rewarding and it's very fulfilling. Well, it sounds like you, there's a great sisterhood with a new and then uh, you've got this whole brothers and sisters, you know, network once you get over to uh, Local 3. So that's fantastic. Yes. Congratulations. Yes. And uh, finally, Thank any you. any advice for any woman uh, considering a career in construction? 
if she wants to do it, she should go for it full full ahead, like just full speed ahead. You know, it's sometimes there's hesitation uh, with the, the questions of should I, shouldn't I, will it work, won't it? Sometimes we have people in there that won't necessarily be supportive of it. But I would tell any woman that wants to get into the trade, if that's what you want to do, then go for it. That's and if cool. you haven't figured out which direction you want to go for, then find new or a program like it. If it new is not in your city and help them, let them help you figure out which direction you want to go, because there's so many to go um, that and be supportive of the other women around you. Like it's we're not com- out there competing against each other. We're, we should be out there pushing each other to the next level every day. That's great. Great advice, Indy. Thank you very much. And congratulations to you. You sound very satisfied, very happy. We're happy for you. I am. Thank you so much, Tasha. I appreciate it. Joining me now on the podcast is our digital director, Kevin Eitzman. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Darcy. So this was a, a, a very personal story for me, too, because I worked at Verizon. I worked outside on the line. And the person who taught me on the job was Mo. She was Maureen Brault. Uh, she was the first woman to break the the uh, gender barrier at Verizon. It used wow. to be an all-male position. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when she did it, uh, she told me the story, how it changed her life, how it, how it was a big job uh, increase for, for pay. Mm-hmm. And the amount of information that I learned from her and, and watching her and then seeing it happen in other industries, it's incredible and definitely needs to, to happen. So did she go through this program, do you know? Or? She didn't. She uh, just did it on her own. Yeah. At, at, at Verizon, the union had broke uh, broke down the barrier and said that we want this title available to, to all genders. And they had to go through the uh, same qualifications as everybody else. And that was a huge wave, though, for opening the outside jobs uh, that had traditionally just been for men. Uh, and the inside and the operators were traditionally just for women. Uh, they broke down the barrier and, and opened it up for everybody. And, you know, CWA was better off for it and, mm-hmm. and everybody was. And you benefiting from from her knowledge and her skills as well. Absolutely. That's great. And if anyone uh, listening is interested in uh, the program that we talked about new or just interested in the building trades, we'll have links um, on our show notes for you. And then also the uh, EPI study that, that Gary referenced will be available there as well. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Thanks for listening to the Union Strong podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe and give us a rating. This has been a production of the New York State AFL-CIO. Our president is Mario Salento. Our secretary treasurer is Terry Melvin. We're a federation of 3,000 unions representing 2.5 million union members, retirees, and their families with one goal, to raise the standard of living and quality of life of all working people. We keep New York State Union strong by fighting for better wages, better benefits, and better working conditions. For more information on the labor movement in New York, visit nysafl.cio.org. Until next time, stay union and stay strong.